The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday presented by DraftKings, of course, featuring the civilian goat Greg Cosell from NFL Films University. And for those of you that watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, you can see I am, in fact, back home in central Pennsylvania. Wow. A couple of things that I wanted to, to mention about being out there. Um, number one, well, first of all, it's good to be home. Really good to be home. So I left Sunday. You know, obviously I hadn't seen my family the last three days. And it's my daughter's birthday today. So I'm really glad that it worked out that I could be out at the Super Bowl for three days and then be home. But when you work I, at quote unquote work, I never really look at what I do as work. I think you guys realize that. But when you put as much time into anything, I guess, as I do all season, especially the grind of it and the travel. Getting back to my house an hour ago, I mean, just to put it in perspective, okay? Last night, I was at the players' party, uh, the NFLPA players' party at Four Peaks Brewing Company in Tempe, Arizona. I was there until after 10 o'clock Arizona time. Then I caught a ride from Chris Nowinski from the Concussion Legacy Foundation to the airport, and I flew the red eye from Phoenix to Philadelphia, and then, it's a long story, but I hopped in an Uber from Philadelphia Airport to Harrisburg Airport, got in my car, drove home. I just walked in the door a few minutes ago. I've, like, I'm halfway unpacked. I just brushed my teeth. So I think anytime you travel at all and you get home, it, it's a good feeling when you get home. But especially considering I think I got about three hours sleep each of the last two nights, it is so good to be home knowing that I don't really have a flight to a work event 
until August. I mean, I'll do um, a couple speaking engagements that I can drive to. I will, you know, do the draft for the Philadelphia Eagles, but that's just a drive down to Philadelphia. Like, I don't have to get on a plane for work reasons until next August or until August at the earliest. That is such a good feeling, man. Like, I feel like I won my Super Bowl. Like, I feel like I won the Super Bowl um, just by being home right now. Such a good feeling. Obviously, I'll be doing these shows from here uh, the next couple days. Sunday, I'll do uh, the Eagles pregame show from home. Watch the game here at home. And then no more work-related travel in terms of flights after, I don't know, I think I, maybe with the rare one-weekend exception, I, I pretty much work seven days a week starting with the Eagles' first preseason game. I mean, it's, it's like a seven-day-a-week career I have during football season. Um, but I love it, as you know. And it offsets certainly in the offseason where I will definitely be taking some time off. And, in fact, one of the things I did at opening night at the Super Bowl was do some interviews with guys that I just thought were interesting, you know, guys that are not as well-known because I think their stories are interesting. I think they have good stories to tell. And so we'll we'll use those interviews over the course of the off season, you know, if my family and I go away on a vacation, uh, those are called evergreen interviews that you can use kind of at any time. So number one is it's just so good to be home. Number two, it was so great to be out there. It was so great. First of all, I'm so grateful to the DraftKings folks for, you know, having the idea of me to go out there and, and for, you know, covering my expenses and having my set be there at Radio Row. I mean, it was an awesome, awesome setup. Uh, so that was really cool. Really, really cool. But I don't know if I mentioned this, Jack, um, one of the other days, but most of the people that I saw or a lot of people I saw, I hadn't seen in years because I hadn't been to the Super Bowl the last couple of years. So it was so great. And, and there was no like radio row. So these are people like I go on their shows all the time. I, um, you know, I do Zooms with them, you know, like for their shows. There's a bunch of people that I have seen in person. I mean, I, I've seen a bunch of times, like sometimes every week, but I hadn't actually gotten together with them and ever actually met them in person. There's just nothing like that. In person just takes it to a whole other level. It was awesome. Uh, Speaking of awesome, love those of you that spread the word via social media in whatever way. Remember, this week what we're doing is if you go to Spotify and rate and review the show, you have a great chance to be the spread the word winner. And obviously, I have so many incredible press passes from this season that I can't wait to give some of you. Maybe it'll be the sponsor confirmation email winner. You can pick out whatever you want in terms of press passes. If you take advantage of one of our sponsors, maybe it's Peloton, maybe it's ExpressVPN, maybe it's West Shore Home. I don't know, maybe it's Labatt. Um, but that those will be announced tomorrow along with the YouTube shout-out winner, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker. NFL. Before we get to Greg, 
The other nice thing about being home, West Shore home. Those new bathrooms I got. I've told you guys this before, but I know a lot of you are curious as to what my house looks like and or what the new bathrooms look like. Just go to westshorehome.com slash Ross. You'll see photos of the job. You'll see a video of me. You'll see videos like the time lapse of them doing the work. It is incredible. Like anybody knows anything about doing work like that. And I don't, by the way, I'm terrible at stuff like that. Terrible. I would rather like do two more shows to then pay an expert to do it rather than try to do something, anything myself. But it is wild that they're able to get two showers totally done in one day. Wild. So check out, see how they do it. That's the part that my wife and I like. We didn't have to have people, somebody here for like three or four days. And right now they're giving you a free consultation. So if you've ever even thought about remodeling any of your bathrooms, why not use the time now to schedule a free consultation? You don't have to do it now. You don't have to do it ever. But you can at least schedule it and you can at least see what my my uh, new bathrooms look like at westshorehome.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Slash Ross. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg, we are only a few days away now from the Super Bowl. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what you do. It's kind of fun (laughs) to only have one matchup to break down and really dive deep into it. Like I know you're going to on the NFL matchup show this weekend. Let's start, I guess, when the Chiefs have the football. How do you think, and obviously you don't know, it's just a guess. How do you think Andy Reid? And the Chiefs are going to go about attacking this Eagles defense. Boy, as you know, Ross, there's so many variables to this, and and it, that's what makes it so much fun because so there are so many things that could happen. But let's start with this. You start with personnel, and one of the things, and maybe a lot of people are not aware of this, but the Chiefs this year were, I think, the second or third highest percentage team in the league, playing out of multiple tight end personnel. And that may surprise people because you think of Mahomes, the pass game, he throws the ball a lot, spread the field, you know, that that whole thing. But they actually played with multiple tight end personnel, meaning two tight ends or three tight ends. As you know, we call 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, 13 personnel, one back, three tight ends. They basically played out of those personnel packages almost 40% of their offensive snaps through the regular season. And then against Cincinnati in the AFC championship game, which may have been a function of Mahomes, we'll never know that, and his injury, they played over 50% of their offensive snaps, Ross, out of uh, two or three tight end personnel. And you know in today's NFL, that's almost unheard of. So, Especially for the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, because most people, you know, prior to this year thought of the Chiefs as Tyreek Hill, Mahomes, um, 
and you throw the ball and, you know, that whole thing. So that raises questions now about how the Eagles will then go about defending that. Because normally when the Eagles face base offensive personnel, two tight ends, three tight ends, they'll line up with their five defensive line front and two stacked linebackers with T.J. Edwards and Kazir White. But when you play the Chiefs, if they're going to play with three tight ends who are normally uh, Kelsey, Noah Gray, and Jody Fortson, two of those tight ends, Kelsey, obviously, and even Jody Fortson, are more like wide receivers. So the first question is, how do the Eagles match up from a personnel standpoint? And now you get into down and distance, field location, score of the game. There's a lot of factors that come into play. You know, so if it's second and eight, for instance, and the Chiefs line up with two or three tight ends, uh, which percentage-wise seems likely at some point, do the Eagles stay in a base five, two Ross? Or is that a time when they say, hey, we're going to play the down and distance. It's second and long. Do we line up in our nickel? Because that gives us better matchups in our pass game. And if they want to hand it off to Isaiah Pacheco, more power to them. Uh, so that's where I would start on that side of the ball. Man, I have so many questions. I know. Um, that there are so many. There always are. It's so fun. Um, so... <laughs> Do you think that they've gone to more multiple tight ends this year, Greg, because their receiving core isn't as talented or in order to help out the tackles a little bit who are not the strength of their offensive line, the interior group is? Yeah. Or do you think that they just like those matchups? Or do you think they they feel like their best chance is to get the other team in regular and not have nickel on the field and then have their their tight ends being able to exploit linebacker or or safety matchups. And by the way, Ross, it could be all of the above. We don't specifically know the answer to that. Um, but when all said and done, Kelsey is really a big wideout in the way in which he's deployed. You know, you rarely see Kelsey lined up as an attached tight end right next to one of the tackles. I mean, it will happen once in a while, but that's not really what he does. Um, so in many ways, he's kind of a movable chess piece receiver. You, you can put whatever two letters you want after his name, T-E-W-R, but he's a big movable chess piece receiver. And obviously, he's the foundation, other than Mahomes, clearly, he's the foundation of the pass game. You have to have some kind of plan for dealing with Kelsey. You can't just deal with Kelsey as if, okay, we're going to play our normal defense and we'll take care of Kelsey. It normally doesn't work that way. Uh, I thought your point about protection was a really, really good one. And in this game, that could be a big factor because we know about Reddick and Sweat on the outside – and I think, as you said, I think Wiley at right tackle and Orlando Brown at left tackle, um, they're probably not the strength in one-on-one -on -one pass protection for this offensive line group. And that's where you could have some concerns. Now, we assume Mahomes will be better uh, for the Super Bowl than he was in the AFC Championship game, but he still likely won't be truly 100%. But you know he's going to move. That's in his DNA. He has unbelievable spatial awareness. He sees everything. It's just built into the way in which he plays that he is going to move. 
he moved a lot better last week than I thought he would. That's for I, sure. I think we all felt that way watching it. I mean, it, it he made plays moving. Um, how do you think the Chiefs O line will hold up against the Eagles D line in obvious passing situations? Uh, that's a great question. And I, you know, look, the Eagles have a really good pass rush. They've got two really good edge players in Reddick, who almost always lines up on the left side of the defense, the right side of the offense. I think Josh Schwett is a really, really good player. Um, and he'll line up predominantly against Orlando Brown, the left tackle, but then even inside, you know, and this is where, See, the Eagles will play with a five-man front, even in their nickel. The Eagles will mix and match between a 5-1 nickel and a 4-2 nickel, as you know, because you cover the Eagles pretty carefully. So the question then becomes Jonathan Gannon, and what will he do depending on down and distance? So let's say it's a long yardage situation. Is he going to go 5-1? Is he going to go 4-2? But the point is, you have Cox on the inside. You have Hargrave on the inside as pass rushers. They are really difficult players to block. Um, but the strength, as you said, of this Chiefs O-line is inside. Tooney's a really good player. Um, Trey Smith, really good right guard. And Creed Humphrey, you know, you would know better than I, but I think he's one of the best centers in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I think you can make an argument that this game has the two best centers, actually. And uh, they're really very different players, I think. I mean, Humphrey moves pretty well, but he's just very powerful. Kind of reminds me at times of, like, Travis Frederick when oh. he was in Dallas. Just so powerful lower body. And then Kelsey, um, you know, Kelsey and Lane Johnson are similar. They just are truly unique movers yeah. for their position. Um, you know what's interesting, Greg? And you know this because you live – in South Jersey, but there's a lot of Eagles fans that at times have been critical of Jonathan Gannon because they don't see as much blitzing, a.k.a. aggressiveness, as they'd like to see. And I think that's because they're used to seeing second or third level players come free. Think Buddy Ryan. Right. You know, think uh, Johnson, Jim Johnson, whoever. I think he deserves a lot of credit for realizing what he has and going with the five down front as much as he has. I mean, that is part of the reason why they they beat the Niners is because when you go to that five down front, when teams have multiple tight ends in the game, you know, a lot of the blocking schemes, Greg, if it's any type of play action, a tight end's going to have to block one of the outside guys because the O-line, if they're faking the run, they're taking the four D linemen. Well, guess what? There's actually five D linemen. And that means a tight end or somebody else has to block Reddick. And we saw in the NFC championship game, that happened last that week. does not go well, but no. it doesn't get credit for that. Reddick gets all the credit for that. When really Gannon going to the five down front as much as he does, yeah. deserves a lot of credit because of the bind he puts the blocking unit in. Well, and the other factor, too, is they had 70 sacks this year, which was the third most in the history of the NFL since they started recording sacks, Ross. Um, there's no problem with Eagle pass rush. And by the way, if I'm not mistaken, and somebody can easily check this, either 63 or 64 of those 70 sacks came from defensive linemen. 
they can get to the quarterback with their defensive line. And one point about the five down linemen is more often than not, you know, you know, as an O-lineman, nothing's 100% in terms of protection. Uh, but more often than not, a high percentage of the time, if you have a five-man defensive front, you're going to create and dictate one-on-one pass protection for each of those offensive linemen. Uh, and that's what you're trying to do because now all of a sudden you've got Reddick and Sweat matched on offensive tackles. So now what what is the imperative here for an offense? Does an offense want to keep a back in? Do they want to have a tight end close to the formation to chip? All these things impact now what you can do with your route concepts. And we know Andy Reid wants to get five out. We know that's the way he wants to play, particularly, you know, when they get Jarek McKinnon in the game, who is a really intriguing player to me in this matchup. When Jarek McKinnon is in the game, they don't want him to be a blocker. Now, there have been times this year he's had to block. I've seen it on tape, but that's not what they want. What about when the Eagles have the ball, Greg? What are you looking at there? Yeah, the Eagles are fascinating. Um, The Hurts factor uh, is really interesting to me because when you, when I watch tape, I try to sit and see post-snap what all the play possibilities are. And and, and you can go back to last week's uh, or two weeks ago when we played the, uh, the NFC championship game and you saw on the drive that resulted in the Sanders 13-yard touchdown to make it 14-7 in the second quarter, they were in the same play, like three or four plays apart. They had a Kenneth Gainwell 17-yard run and a Miles Sanders 13-yard touchdown. And those two plays kind of crystallize to me the problem that it poses. Um, Because what you get when you have Jalen Hurts in the gun, which he is almost all the time, and an offset back, and there's so many possibilities. On those two plays, for instance, and I don't know if people can visualize the plays, they actually had um, the back offset to the wide side of the field. Okay, and to the wide side of the field, they had a tight bunch look. And to the short side of the field, they had one receiver. There's five things that could have happened on that play. For all we know, it was just a, a called handoff. That, that could have been the play, and everything else was just part of it. But there could have been five things, Russ, that could have happened on that play. An inside zone run, an RPO, a zone read, a bubble screen to Goddard, a fade to the single receiver. Those five things all could have happened on that play based on the look and the personnel and the formation. And as I said, when all said and done, the play call could have simply been a handoff inside zone, but the defense doesn't know that. And they've got to respond to the formation and everything that could result from that. And that makes it really, really difficult. And as you may recall, because of the way they had to react to the formation, because you had four receivers to the wide side of the field, the Eagles had three on three to the weak side in the run game and offensive lines and and coaches will take a hat on a hat every day of the week. Especially the Eagles. Yep. I mean, I talked about this last week here on the Ross Tucker football podcast with Brandon Thorne, but I think that there's a possibility if they elected to do it, Greg, and obviously dependent on what Steve Spagnuolo decides to do defensively, there's a possibility that the Eagles could kind of run the Chiefs over in this game. I don't know that the Chiefs have a great run-stuffing defense. And it's so funny because we talk so much about Kelsey and Lane Johnson. Landon Dickerson and Mylotta, Greg, they are weapons. They are. You don't say that about offensive linemen very often, 
Those guys are weapons in the running game. I mean, they're just big, strong, and they move. Yeah. They're ju- there's a reason why there aren't many people on the planet that look like those guys. No, and, and we saw that last week. And that's why your point is a really good one. That's why the, all, the run game becomes critical for the Chiefs to defend. And I'm so anxious to see how they go about doing it in normal down and distance situations because you got to get to third down. If you're looking at the tape, as I do, the reality is Jalen Hurts is not playing at his highest level right now. Um, My sense is he's going to have to play better in the Super Bowl than he's played in recent games, which sounds odd to say because they've won these games relatively handily. But just looking at the quarterback as an abstraction, as an individual, Jalen has not played as well as he did before he got injured when he was playing at a very, very high level. So you got to get to third down here. And that's where I spoke to a coach this week who basically said in so many words that Spags can be a pain in the you-know-what on third down. Now, he hasn't done as much this year as we've seen him do in the past. That also could be a function of the fact that they've got a really good four-man D-line pass rush. We know about Chris Jones. We know about Frank Clark. Um, Michael Dana is a player who is really good lining up at both D-end and D-tackle. So I'll be curious to see if they take a page out of the of the Niners playbook in the NFC Championship game, Ross, because what the Niners did with Bosa and Ebu Cam and Omenahu on the outside is they would rush hard. But as soon as they got to the level of Hertz, they stopped. You probably saw that they stopped and they made Hertz have to stay in the pocket where he has not been comfortable in the last couple of games or else Hertz would just run outside to his right. And you saw how many times he just threw the ball away. Yeah, you know, the only thing that's interesting to me about that is that is the that is a good way to keep him in the pocket. And Hurts did not look comfortable against the Niners and did not play well. But as an offensive lineman, if you kind of know that's what they're doing, boy, it helps you against the speed rush because you're not quite as concerned about them pressing the edge. You know, if you know that they're not going to go, that they're taught not to go past the quarterback, you can set a little bit harder and firmer inside which changes things no that's the hurts Hurts factor i mean that's these guys who can move and there's no question hurts can make plays with his legs and he has all year and that's the strength of his game so we'll see how the chiefs decide to do it um because the niners took a particular stand which by the way i thought was effective um you know that game played out a totally different way because of the you know the quarterback situation for the niners so part of that you have to push aside but you there will be a strategy and a tactic for dealing with um, for Hertz, and I'm curious to see what it is. Can't wait to recap the game with you next week, Greg. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Ross. Always appreciate it. I feel like we're having like an all-time week with the the breakdowns we've had for this game. Brandon Thorne, Brett Coleman, Carrington Harrison, Fran Duffy, now Greg. That was awesome. You know, by the way, it was great to see Greg. I saw Greg yesterday out at the Super Bowl. I talk to him every week. I see him every week, but I don't actually see him in person. It was great. looks like he's in great shape. I got to ask Greg if he is a Peloton member. I can see Greg rocking the the bike for sure or the treadmill. You guys know how I feel about it. Love the variety of the instructors. Like some people just pick the same instructor over and over again because they like the instructor. Some people do the same workout over and over again. I'm a big believer in changing it up for muscle distraction or confusion or whatever they call it. It's awesome. The music's awesome. You like the 90s, you like the pop. 
Peloton has the music to fit your mood. This is the way the world is now. You work out when you want, for how long you want, doing what you want, listening to what you want. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial, new members only. It's not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. That's onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ducks takes. All right, Ross. Brock Purdy is scheduled to have surgery to repair his torn UCL on February 22nd. So funny because we interviewed Dr. Chow yesterday live at the Super Bowl. And so we're going to use what he said about the Super Bowl injuries on tomorrow's show. So tomorrow we'll have Andrew Wiley who's the right tackle for the Chiefs going up against Hassan Reddick. I asked him about his background, which I thought was interesting, and about Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham. So that'll be cool to have, a, like, arguably one of the most significant players to determining the outcome of the game, to be able to talk with him. You know, the week of the game was pretty cool. And then also, we'll have Dr. Chow, uh, because we talked to him yesterday, he had some interesting things to say about Mahomes' ankle, hurts his shoulder. I thought what he said about Avante Maddox was really interesting. So we'll have Dr. Chow and Andrew Wiley on tomorrow's show. What's interesting, though, is we were talking about Brock Purdy because we recorded a- an interview talking about Brock Purdy and Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford and these guys that we can use in the off season. So we now have more information on Brock Purdy's surgery, but I, I'll just give you a sneak preview because I don't know when we'll use the other Chow interview. He, he, he was very skeptical of the six month time frame and of Purdy being back by training camp. Very skeptical. And especially since he doesn't have the surgery till the 22nd, that would make a whole lot of sense to me just like drinking Labatt Blue Light while I watch the Super Bowl makes a whole lot of sense to me. There is no better way to sit there and watch Eagles Chiefs than with the pristine Canadian goodness of a cold Labatt Blue Light in your hand. Stock up. Be the MVP of your tailgate. Share a Labatt on game day with your crew. Always enjoy responsibly. It's beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York, you know, I thought we would have time for an email question, um, Jack, but I'm so long-winded. You know how I feel about it. I really like to try to keep the podcast to 30 minutes or less as much as I can because I like to be respectful of your time. And I like that you can kind of count on me to be about 30 minutes. That's that's the idea. Shout-outs to Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, go-bangles.com, evergreen economics, backoffice schedule.com, 
and myfrontpagestory.com. Still not too late to order one of those for Valentine's Day. You're not going to get the story by Valentine's Day, but you can show your wife or whoever the receipt and say, tell her what you bought her for Valentine's Day. I bought you, I, I got, I'm getting a story commissioned to be written all about you. Gosh, that's amazing. Then just the anticipation. She won't be able to contain herself until she's able to find out about it, you know, um, until she's actually able to read the story. Like, what are they writing about me? That's actually maybe even the better way to go. Myfrontpagestory.com. All the other shows are posted, even money. Fantasy Feast, College Draft, already told you about tomorrow's show. Would love for you to be a winner. Would love for you to be a the winner, the sponsor confirmation email winner tomorrow. That'd be amazing. Do it. I can give you my Super Bowl pass, press pass. That's pretty cool. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.